Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. For whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Boy, there's good news. Do you have any people in here that call in the name of the Lord? All right. That was kind of terrible, but I'll give you another chance later. Talking about other people. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Let's keep going. And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Man, people can't hear about Jesus unless somebody's telling them. And no one can tell them unless they're sent. We want everybody around us to call on the name of God. We want them to call on Jesus as their one Lord and Savior so they can know the peace and love both in this life and the next that we know. How crazy. That was a video about a group, and all they do is just pull in people that are sitting by themselves at lunch and make community. What if you took something like that and infused it with Jesus and truth? How could it change things? How could it change people? I saw a 16-year-old girl. She had nothing. All she had was a red Durango. So she parked it out at lunch, and she said, meet at the red Durango, and she started doing worship and Bible studies at lunch. It took no time at all. People started flocking to it. It takes nothing at all for you to be a light and salt, except a little courage and a whole lot of Holy Spirit. You can make a difference because people are starving for something. They're starving for truth. They're starving for what's in here. The only thing is they're intimidated by a big book and they're so poisoned down with an outlook of the world, one that the enemy has been planting seeds in for a long time. And the only barrier, or the barrier is only to be broken by love and truth. There's a story about Peter and John in Acts 4, and they actually get drug into authorities, and they give a great speech and sermon, and then the authorities say, look, 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 we're, we're kind of done with your, your message, and we're going to beat the smack out of you if you keep preaching for Jesus. And it says that they left that place. They went and found a bunch of other believers and they worshiped God that they had the opportunity to be brought in in front of authorities. And then they turned around and kept talking about Jesus. Do you have any public schools people in here? Public school? Awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for going into the public schools day in and day out and loving Jesus wherever you are. That is a hard calling. That is a difficult mission and it takes the Holy Spirit and a whole lot of courage for you to go every day and choose to walk like Jesus walked. And way too often, we play camo Christians, don't we? We work really hard to blend with whatever crowd we're in. We're just sort of like chameleons. We come on on Wednesdays and we're like, yay, Jesus. We listen to a sermon and we're like, oh, I got to take those notes. You know, Stephen Furtick is on Instagram. Yay! But then as soon as we're like in the circle at school or about by the lockers or at that weekend party, we just sort of suddenly look and talk and act and wear 
everything that everybody else is doing. We're such good undercover Christians. But you know what? Unlike our government, Jesus is not looking for undercover agents for the gospel. He is looking for the kind of people that will not back down or shut up until everyone is heard, until we've gone into all the world and heard about Jesus Christ. There's no room for undercover agents for Jesus. There is room for people that will lovingly be patient with people in a time and a season. But I'm telling you, if you're using that as your excuse, you're missing it. We got to stop coming up with reasons why not to be vocal about Jesus because they'll never be able to call on Jesus' name unless they hear. There's a great saying that we've misconstrued and it says, oh, I'm about to botch it up. It says something like, live for Jesus, speak for Jesus, something like that, but if necessary, use words. You've heard this. I didn't memorize it because I see a flaw in that logic. Because if we don't use words, they won't hear and they can't cry out for the name of Jesus. We have to be willing to speak because you can be good a whole lot and they'll just say you're a moral person. The only separation between a moral person and a Christian per person is who you have in your heart. He changes our very nature and our very hearts. I love the, the example of the plant that bears thistles. You've heard me say it before and you'll hear me say it again. We just bear thistles. That's it. That's all we have. And when we cry out in the name of the Lord, Jesus comes over to this thistle-bearing plant and kills us. And then he rips us out of the roots and he takes us over to the vine and grafts us into the vine of Jesus Christ. And suddenly a new sap begins to flow up through our veins. And with a new sap, we begin to bear new fruit. It changes everything. We serve a wonderful, beautiful, incredible God, and yet we are so good at being undercover. But you know what? If the next Avengers movie is awesome, you won't have any problem telling people about that. Whenever something good happens in my life, I'm so excited to tell people. And yet, it's amazing that you put me in certain circles, and all of a sudden, it's actually really hard, and it takes a whole lot of courage for me to open my mouth and tell people that I love Jesus. Maybe you relate to me a little bit. I have good news for you guys. Public school students, I've got good news for you. Christian school, homeschool, I've got good news for you guys too. But I want to challenge everybody. And I want to encourage you guys that go, are going to public schools. All right. Everyone look to the left. Everyone look to the right. Back and forth. Congratulations. You just saw the backs of the heads of the people on your left and right. But the backs of those heads that you just saw are saints. The Bible says that we are living epistles known and read by all men. An epistle is just a letter of recommendation. That's all it is. It's a letter of recommendation. You are a letter of recommendation about who Jesus is. And you should be known and read by all men. You should have one of these booklets in your seat. If you don't, it's okay. Public school people, raise your hands again. All right. If you do not have one of these booklets... Keep your hand up. If you have one of these booklets already, put your hand down. All right, make sure a booklet gets to these people with their hands still up. They are priority number one. And if you want one of these, you can get on the I Love Elevate Facebook page and you can download one for yourself. 
some years ago, they had this big upheaval thing where they said that you can't pray at school. Prayer has been kicked out. Jesus is kicked out of school. Man, that must be hard to do, considering God is omnipresent and that his people carry Jesus within their hearts. You actually have, because of the amazing nation that you live in, you have rights as a believer in Jesus Christ that you probably didn't know about. You've probably been listening to a lie saying that you got to be an undercover Christian because if you're not, they'll have legal things against you. I've got good news for you. The First Amendment says this, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Congress can make no law abridging the freedom of speech or prohibiting the free exercise of religion. The Equal Access Act says basically if one non-school sponsored club or committee can do something that all can. Does anybody have any clubs on campus that are not school sponsored? They could be all sorts of things. They could be Save the Swamps. They may be the gay rights thing. They may be all sorts of different clubs or committees. If they have rights to get advertisements into the morning video announcements, so does a Christian club. If they can wear t-shirts that are promoting the next event, so can you. You have a whole bunch of rights you probably didn't know about, and I just want to unpack a few of them for you tonight to say that you can be a light and you can be salt and nobody's got anything on you. You have more power than you realize you did. And so if you have this booklet right here, we're just going to look at a few questions that I hope to answer. This whole thing in a nutshell is basically this. Here are your restrictions. Here are the actual restrictions that you have to honor and obey. And they're actually decent and make sense. The first one is this. That whatever you do, it can't be school-sponsored. It has to be youth-led and youth-sponsored. Well, I got good news because the people that are going to the schools for Jesus are the students sitting in this room right now. So we're good on that. Number two, it can't interfere with the operation of school. You don't need to be up in your math class preaching. That would be much more entertaining than your math class, but you probably shouldn't do it. And number three, it can't violate the, the rights of another student. And you know what? I think Jesus wouldn't want to violate somebody else's rights anyway either. Those are your three restrictions. They're pretty, they're pretty easy. And here's your requirements. Expressing Jesus Christ has to be voluntary for students. It needs to be student-led, and it needs to be done during non-instructional time. Again, not in the middle of class. Your lunch periods, break times, in between classes, before and after school, free game. Do whatever you want. All right, let's dive into this a little bit. Page one. If the school ever has a problem with you on any of the things we're going to discuss, you have legal rights. There's a phone number and an email address that you can call to say, what are my rights? And they'll actually bring legal help to your school if they try to shut you down. You have more power than you realize. Thank you, Jesus, for people that are willing to fight for you. Page two, second paragraph down. It says this. Public schools may not suppress or exclude student speech simply because it is religious or contains religious perspective. Page number three. Do students have First Amendment rights to exp express their religious beliefs at school? The answer is yes, as long as you stick to those three things. They need to be voluntary, student-initiated, and not disruptive. It needs to be handled during non-instructional times. And your only boundaries is that it doesn't interfere with school or infringe on the rights of somebody else. 
Hey, here's a question. I've been asked this a bunch of times. Can I express my faith in a paper that I write for English class or history or something? The answer is yes. If it relates to the subject and the material that you're writing about, yes, you can include it. If they're saying, if some English paper says, reflect on an experience in your own life on something, and you say, you know what, this thing happened to my youth group, or I encountered Jesus in this way, or you know what, this biblical thing relates to perfectly, and it changed my life in this way to relate to my subject, go for it. It's yours. Page four. Can students distribute religious material at school? Can you take an Elevate card and give it to somebody? Can you go and promote student conference or some coming event? The answer is yes, you can. Students have the rights to distribute religious and non-religious material at school during non-instructional time, as long as it fits those parameters. Can students, this is page five, can students advertise religious events at school? I already answered that, yes. Can students pray at school? The answer is yes. You're allowed to pray. You can't get up in front of your whole class and say, now everybody bow your heads, but you have every right to pray at school during lunchtime, whenever you want, as long as it doesn't interfere with class and it doesn't infringe on the rights of somebody else. Page six, can students pray at their school graduation? Yes, they can. As long as you're not saying, everybody, we're going to do this thing. You're absolutely allowed to say, you know what? Jesus changed my life in this way. I refer to you the Bible because of these three great principles that I would like to pass on to the underclassmen. You're totally allowed to do that. Pretty cool, right? Let's jump to page eight. Can students wear religious clothing? Yes. Is there anything about the whole church and, church and state laws that restrict you? The answer is no. Because as long as it's student-led, doesn't infringe on rights, and is handled outside of instructional time, you're exercising your free religious freedom. There's lots of other questions in here. I'm going to skip forward just a little bit further. Talking about clubs. Page 12. Second paragraph. A qualified student club. First of all, does your club need to be qualified? It gives you a lot of freedoms if you qualify your student club with uh, the principal and go through the right channels. They can't shut you down. But if there is any other non-curricular club, you get all the rights and freedoms that they have. So you go and you ask them if you can, if you can be initiated and apply for that. If you don't apply, you can still do it, but you have to be careful and you have a few less opportunities and rights. Let's jump to page 13. Can you hold your meeting on campus if you decide to pull together some other believers? Yes. Page 15. Can religious clubs use school equipment such as audio, visual, or sports equipment? If other clubs can, so can you. Page 17. Can club meetings be held on campus if the student club is not recognized by the school? I just answered that. Yes, but you're probably not going to have all the freedoms that the other clubs do. Page 19. If the school does not recognize any non-curricular student clubs, what if no clubs are accepted? The school is just is closed to anything outside of their school-sponsored stuff. Can you still meet at lunch and pray and get together and talk about the Bible? Yes. Yes, you can. Can schools place restrictions based on religious content? The answer is no. Verse 24. What can a religious club talk about during its meetings? 
anything you want. You can talk about Jesus. You can talk about what it means to be saved. You can talk about difficult issues that the, that the Bible talks about. You can keep flipping through this book. I'm handing you golden material, stuff you may not have had before, freedoms you didn't realize you had. Go FCA, who created this and provided this. You have to be careful with your teachers and coaches. They can get in trouble. They can come and supervise and facilitate, but they can't run it, which means this needs to be student-led. We have a lot of students in here. We have a lot of living epistles. We have a lot of saints in this room. What does your school need? How can you meet that need? Make a difference. Be bold. Find a couple other people that think like you do. You can print out flyers. You can talk to people. You can make a difference wherever you go. You can be a light. There's also a second half of this booklet that's all about college students and their rights and freedoms. So those of y'all that are going to college soon, got good stuff here. Golden. And if you don't have one tonight, where can you get it from? I Love Elevate page on Facebook. Absolutely. Romans chapter 12. You guys probably know this, memorized it, but it's worth reading over and over again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable will of God, the perfect will of God. Don't be conformed, as in so often we get in those circles and we bend and mold and shape to wherever we are. We're so good at being undercover agents for the Bible, for Jesus. But the difference is that being transformed happens from inside. It's that new sap coming up through your veins and coming up through your body. It's producing new fruit, the kind of fruit that makes a difference in people's lives. And you know what separates fruit from vegetables? Is fruit has seeds so it can, it can reproduce. You are meant to make a difference. The sign of maturity is to be able to reproduce and raise that it which is reproduced. That's the sign of maturity. When is the human body mature? When it can make babies and raise them. That's the way a Christian is. You're just, if you're still, if you're still sipping spiritual milk, hey, that's fine. But some of us need to grow up a little bit. We need to take the word of God seriously and look around and realize that the world is dying and it's going to hell. We have the answer. They're in this river and they're going towards a waterfall. We're standing on the bank and we're going, hey, that's awesome, man. Love you too. We should be on the shore going, stop, what are you doing? Paddle that way, are you crazy? Death. We need to wake some people up. You know what? You ever walked out of a dark restaurant? I'm not going to say a dark club because none of you obviously ever go to a club. You ever walked out of a dark restaurant, but it's sunny outside and you walk out and you're like, God's spotlight like lasers you in the eyeballs. It's right. I think we will encounter people that will either 
suddenly have light in their lives and they'll look around and go, oh my gosh, I'm not crashing into things anymore. Or they're going to go, ow, stop, 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 stop. I can't take that. That hurts too much. I don't want what you have. That's okay. We are called to be a light in dark places. And you know what? Jesus even said it. Few are going to be the ones that follow the gate of life, that follow the path of life. And many are going to take the, death, the gate to destruction. That's okay. We're not called to save, but we're just called to yell from the shore. And you know what? Some people are going to reject us. And we can call ourselves blessed that we were rejected, that we ourselves were persecuted for the gospel. And you know what? For those that say yes, that say, what is it that you've got? You changed their whole world. Not you, the Holy Spirit in you. You got to be a conduit. You got to be, you got to be like God's water hose, like to that person. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gives us good news. And lo, I will be with you, even to the end of the age. No matter how hard it is, no matter how rejected you feel, no matter how far you've got to go, no matter what friends you lose, I will be with you. Jackie is a wonderful testimony. She lost every friend when she really gave her life to Jesus, when she stopped playing the undercover agent for Christ, when she took off the camouflage and shined for Jesus for real, she lost every friend she had. It might happen. It might be real. But what kind of friends are those anyway that if you're going to make a life-turning event towards something that you believe is giving you life, that's changing everything in you, what kind of friends are going to drop off instead of being like, awesome, man, totally support you in your decision. Tell me about it sometime. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have one good friend than 50 fake ones. And I would rather have one friend that's going to say, let's walk in the light of Jesus together, learning than a thousand fake ones. There is few things in life as special as a friend that will sharpen you and you sharpen them. That friend is closer than a brother. And you know what? Sometimes sharpening creates friction and heat and sparks. Sometimes you're not always going to get along. Sometimes they're going to kick you in the butt and say you're wrong and what you're doing is wrong. And it hurts a little bit. And sometimes you're going to have to kick them in the butt. And you know what? It's hard to actually confront your friend sometimes. What kind of friend are you? If you're not screaming from the shore whenever they're running down a path, paddling down a river that's leading towards something awful. Are your friends all just yes people? Sure. Absolutely. Go for it. You be you. Or do you have the kind of friends that are going to speak out? Maybe create a few sparks in your life. 
And I guarantee you, if you'll be the friend that's making sparks, there will be a time sooner or later they're going to come back and go, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I didn't take your advice right away. I'm sorry that I didn't take it right away. I've been that guy. I had friends that told me hard things and I was like, "Mm -mm, no, thank you very much. And then at that point in the thing I'm remembering, it was like hours later, I went back and I was like, dude, you're right. I'm so sorry. I was an idiot. Why did I do that? Be the kind of friend that's willing to throw some sparks. Student rights handbook, man, hang on to it. Stuff in the bottom of your sock drawer. Lose it under your bed because God's going to bring it back to you. Let's be some people screaming from the shoreline. I don't want to watch anybody go over a cliff. I want to point them to the lifeguard and get them out of that. Because there is a journey that God has for them that's going to be amazing. And it doesn't end with a waterfall of death and destruction and misery and sadness and hell. Jesus has so much more. Tonight we're going to do something that I think is just flipping special. We're going to surround this room with your leaders and we're going to pray for you for boldness. We're going to pray for you to like open your mouth Here's a saying, log this away. This isn't me. I don't know who it's from. It's this, pay attention. Speak truth even if your voice shakes. Be willing to open your mouth and put it out there even if it hurts a little bit. Even if you're so nervous that your voice shakes, put it out there. We will stand in account to what we did and what we didn't do. I just read it today. I think it's Matthew 12, that we will be held accountable for every word we speak. Will those words be glorifying God or ourselves? Will those words be pushing people towards Jesus or are we just letting them float by in the river? Speak truth even if your voice shakes. That's hard. That's hard even in a Christian school. Y'all Christian school people, I know it's hard. I know it's tough. It may even be weirder in a Christian school because... Everybody else there is sort of like an undercover Christian with you. And you're just kind of like all just like, yay, Jesus, right? Yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're so afraid, like, if you actually stick out, then you're like the radical. I know the feeling. Yeah, let's be radical. Let's be a little nuts. Let's yell from the shoreline that there is a better way. So leaders, if y'all wouldn't mind, if y'all would get up, we're going to circle this room. I need a few leaders up front, on the sides, in the back. And because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what he's doing, I'd like to call Pastor Freddie up. He's going to be the one praying for us, and he's going to lead us in this prayer for courage and strength and an impartation of the Holy Spirit. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. And would y'all all grab hands, reach across the aisles, grab hands all together. This is the body of Christ. Hey, you already know what the back of their head looks like. Let's hold hands with them. Reach across the aisle, hold hands. This is one body, one spirit, one church led by the Holy Spirit. Someone asked a question. How powerful of an army are you? They asked a question. Is there anything that young people cannot do? I've watched your generation do some amazing things. Like what you saw in the video today. One guy took something painful, took a misery, and turned it into a message in the ministry. 
Now, I didn't say whether or not Christ was attached to it, but even in the natural, when you begin to include other people, that's a powerful effect. This weekend, we prayed at home, this week we prayed at Home of Christian that this weekend will be totally life-changing. But then not just allow it to be a weekend thing, that it will be so life-changing that it will change your life forever. That we don't, we have a tendency to build monuments around one event, like the day of Pentecost and people still celebrate that one day. <laughs> God is still moving even now since the day of Pentecost. And this weekend is going to be a life-changing, life-altering event, unlike you have ever experienced ever before in your life. But can I tell you what the one main ingredient has to be in the midst of this event? A heart of expectation. See, when you're hungry, when you get home, you expect mom to have something on the table or on the stove. And when it's not there, you're like, oh, dang. Oh, man. Or dad. So what happened? You went home with an expectation. You drove from school or the practice or wherever you were. You were on your way home and you had an expectation. Feed me, Seymour. And there are kids coming this weekend so thirsty and so dry. And they heard about this weekend. And they're coming this weekend and says, I'm hungry, I'm empty, I'm thirsty, feed me. Is there anybody in this weekend has something that will fill every empty space of my life? I've tried drugs, I've tried relationships, I've tried a whole bunch of things. None of those things work. Now, you asking me to come hang out with you for a weekend? Now, I want to see if this stuff is real. That's what they're going to say. I want to see if this stuff is real. Pastor spoke a little bit tonight about an event that took place in Acts chapter 4. And I want to show you how powerful you are. Peter and John were so excited about going to the temple to pray. And there was a man that they laid at the gate called Beautiful. Now watch this. This is crazy. The Bible says they, they grabbed this crippled man on their way to the place to pray, laid him at the gate and kept going to pray and left him right there. I said, who are you praying to? Something they were not connecting with what was in there we were praying for what they had dropped off at the gate. But lo and behold, two men who had encountered a Savior in a way that most humans had never encountered Jesus before. I think we have those in this room tonight. They was going to pray and they locked and loaded on this guy with their eyes. And he locked and loaded and says, Arms, give me some money. Hook the brother up. And they looked down. Their lives were so radically transformed, Peter and John. He said, look upon us. He said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we're going to give it to you. In the name of the one name that is exalted above every name, get up and walk. And that man's desperate need, in which he thought was something monetary like money, really was the power of God. That man began leaping and praising God and it became an opportunity where they just preached Christ. You crucified him, but now he's become the head of the cornerstone and he said he is the one now come to save you. So 
radical was the message. I'm not preaching, but I just want to give you and show you who you are. So radical was their message that the religious people got so disturbed and they wanted to beat them. And they was confused. What do we do with these people? Because they're stirring us up with this message. And so they said, we're going to let you go because we can't find anything in you. But one thing we want you to do, we want you to stop preaching in that name. Oh, look here, Lucille. You know how difficult it is when you've been touched by Jesus not to open your mouth and say Jesus? That's hard. And here's what they said at the end of that story. This is what they said. But Peter in Acts chapter 4, verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, the religious leader, whether it is right in the sight of God to hearken unto you rather than to God, God judge. For we cannot but speak the things that we've saw and the things we've heard. You know what they said? The experience we had was so real, we can't shut up. Kill us if you want to, beat us if you have to, but we know we have the truth. Elevate, you have the truth. You can't help but this weekend and every weekend and every day speak what you have seen and what you have heard. And so this weekend, you're going to give them what you have seen and what you've heard. You can't help it. So tonight, should you choose to accept this mission, should you choose to accept this mission, this weekend, go and make disciples. All of my class know we've been talking about the gospel, the Great Commission. It is our ultimate responsibility to preach the truth of God's word. Let us pray. And every leader, we pray for wisdom for every leader as you bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, show me more. Deposit more in me. I want to see your glory. And he said, if that's you, you're going to see my glory. Lord, every leader that is standing around this room, we pray for them. We pray that there will be a level of anointing of God's power that will shoot through every service. Every speaker that grabs this microphone will be electrified by the power of the Holy Spirit and speak life in every dead thing. Will speak life and resurrection to everything that have died. To every child that had once had a born again relationship with Jesus Christ. And because they believed the lies of the enemy, I speak life and resurrected life. Come out of the cave. Come out of the shadows in Jesus name. Father, we thank you for every leader. This weekend, you will empower them with supernatural strength. Even when they're lacking in sleep, you will empower them with energy. And every son and daughter of the Most High God that assemble this weekend as one mighty voice and one army declaring the truth of Jesus Christ, I pray that this week, will be a life-changing, life-altering event that will set destiny and course into play. For the Father had been waiting for this moment for such a time as this. 
And here you are, you've gathered. Now we declare, may the will of God be done. And we pray this prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come with power and authority and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, what we're asking tonight is the way you have designed this weekend in heaven. Let earth match it by design. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.